Palm Sunday commemorates Jesus riding a donkey into Jerusalem while people waved palm branches. But riding donkeys was very common. What does the story actually mean? And here's a clue. It is not about donkeys or palm branches. Join with us as we discuss Lent, Give Up Feeling Powerless. Hi, Paul Shepard here, and welcome to the podcast. You know, some people think that having faith means believing a bunch of things that you know are impossible. But here at Rational Christianity, we take a rational approach to understanding the Christian faith. We combine history, science, the Bible, common sense, and an understanding of human nature to make Christianity make sense. Everyone is welcome here. There is a famous Bible story about Jesus riding a donkey into Jerusalem. And while he rides, the local people cheer him on and wave palm branches. This story is the basis for the celebration we call Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday also marks the beginning of Holy Week, which is a week that leads up to Easter. But why does this matter? Surely in Jesus' day, somebody riding a donkey would have been very common. Why does anyone care about this event? Well, let's read the version from the Gospel of Luke. But, heads up here, the story is not really about a donkey or palm branches. So, reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, beginning at verse 28. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When Jesus had come near Bethphage and Bethany, at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as it had been told. And they were untying the colt, and its owner asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they answered, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. But Jesus answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones themselves would shout out. So that's the whole story. But let me ask you something. Do you feel satisfied? Do you feel like you've heard the whole story? I mean, do you feel like you know what was actually going on back then? Because I do not. For one thing, there is no mention of palm branches, but that's not my big problem. The palms are mentioned in other versions of this story. My big problem is that the story seems to be only part of the story. It's like news stories we get today that only reinforce the part of the narrative that the author wants us to hear. That's always been the case, of course. I mean, today, if we want to understand world events, we need to get news and news content from Russia, China, India, and other places, as well as Western sources, if we want the whole picture. And that was also true in the days of the Bible. So, where do we find the rest of this Jesus riding on a donkey story? 
Well, we have to get the rest of the story from history and from an understanding of human nature, because conditions in society today are in some ways very similar to conditions 2,000 years ago, because human nature has not changed very much. In today's language, we say, money talks. And that's true. It's just unfortunate that when my money talks, it usually just says goodbye as it leaves my wallet. But seriously and historically, we would say that social structures at the time of Jesus in Palestine operated according to what is called a domination system. According to theologians Marcus Borg and John Dominic Crossan, domination systems are based on three principles. The first principle is political oppression, which means that a few powerful elite have disproportionate control over the lives of the huge majority of people. The second principle is economic exploitation. This is done mainly through the control of the means of production. In Jesus' day, the means of production were primarily land and labor. And these two principles working together place wealth and power in the hands of a very small number of people. Now, putting wealth and power into a small number of hands is clearly unethical by just about any standard we can imagine. So we kind of have to wonder why societies would choose to adopt these unfair principles. But domination systems always had a third principle. And that third principle was specifically designed to legitimize the first two principles. Three very common schemes to legitimize unfair sharing of resources are fear, military force, and, unfortunately, religion. Some historians argue that religions were invented specifically for the purpose of controlling people. And maybe that's a bit pessimistic. However, there is no doubt that historically, religious leaders have frequently supported war, aggression, and the maintenance of power imbalance. And this is true even though most religions preach equity and human rights. Christianity, for example, speaks against the exploitation of the poor. And yet many English kings were declared to have been selected by God and therefore allowed to act with impunity to the severe detriment of the common people. And church leaders just played along. The situation is nicely summarized by the line, when money talks, truth keeps its mouth shut. And that is the missing piece of history that will allow us to see the complete riding on a donkey story. Oh, that and one more detail. The Jewish people living in Palestine at the time of Jesus were politically and economically dominated by Rome. When the story of Jesus riding on a donkey allegedly happened, Passover was approaching. And that would have meant that many Jewish pilgrims were in Jerusalem. And Passover you may be recall, for Jewish people, is it represents a story of liberation from slavery and domination. So Passover in Palestine would be a reminder of liberation in a place where Jewish people perhaps did not feel very liberated. So, of course, tensions would have been high. And in order to keep the peace, leaders would have brought in troops to help control the crowds, to make sure that the Passover festivities did not become a catalyst for civic unrest or even worse, rebellion. And so during the event that we commemorate on Palm Sunday, we would have actually had two parades. Through one gate, we had Pontius Pilate riding on a war horse, leading a large, well-equipped, well-trained army. 
That parade represented power, force, control, fear, domination. And through the other gate we had Jesus, riding on a donkey, with no army, no wealth, nothing of power. Pilate would have been greeted with a mix of indifference and fear. And in contrast, Jesus was greeted with joyful crowds, grateful crowds, loud crowds, singing crowds. The Jesus parade was in fact a parade in response to Pilate's parade. Jesus' parade was actually a parody, perhaps even a lampoon of Pilate's parade. Jesus' parade was criticism. It was ridicule. It was sarcasm. It was a type of mocking response to authority that can get a person killed. The Jesus parade was political, not religious. Jesus was riding into town to the cheering of the masses in opposition to Roman rule and in opposition to the many people who collaborated with the Romans, and that included many of the religious elite. The parade was held to expose the stark division between the wealthy elite and the common poor masses. The parade was held to expose the stark division between people who obsess on power and people who felt they had no power. Joining in the Jesus Parade was a way to regain some power. Joining in the Jesus Parade was a way to give up feeling powerless. Perhaps we should all, on Palm Sunday, join in a local political parade and give up feeling powerless for Lent. I find it interesting that in the Church we have largely domesticated this message. I mean, it is fun, of course, to have children waving palm branches as they parade around the Church. And I know some churches even go so far as to include a real donkey in the service. But the palm branches and the donkey are completely irrelevant to the point of the story. The story is about how we need to give up feeling powerless. I suppose, though, I should not make any assumptions. I should ask, do we feel powerless? Is that really a problem in our lives? And I'm sure we all have our own answer to that question. But as one example, how many times since COVID started did you utter that magic phrase, I cannot do something or other because of COVID? How many times did we not do something we wanted to do instead of finding a new way to do it? How many times did we relinquish our power instead of empowering ourselves to keep doing important things in new ways? Many of the people I speak with do feel powerless these days, sometimes for reasons that are good, and sometimes for excuses that only sound good. I have met older people, for example, who feel like the best parts of their lives are in the past. Well, if that's how you feel, consider this. Today is the youngest you will ever be again. I have met many people who feel they are too poor or uneducated to have any power. If that's how you feel, consider this. It does not take money or an education to reach out to help somebody else feel better. I have met many people who feel powerless because of our climate crisis. And yes, of course, that is a very real concern. But if that's how you feel, consider this. There are many useful steps each person can take if we are willing to change our lifestyle. We all need to give up feeling powerless because that is how we find new life. And remember, we are not alone. We have the gift of the other people around us. We have the gift of the Spirit. We are connected and we can support each other. We are not powerless. 
We all need to give up feeling powerless because that is how we find new life and new paths forward. And that is what resurrection is all about. That is what Easter is all about. But we'll get to that next week. Amen. Hi again, and thanks for joining in today. I'm Rev. Dr. Paul Shepard, a minister with the United Church of Canada, currently serving at Sydenham Heritage United Church in Brantford, Ontario. I'm also an environmental scientist with a PhD in physics. I am passionate about making Christianity make sense. Please subscribe to the channel and feel free to visit the church, either in person or online. You might also enjoy my book, Evolving Christianity, which is about taking a scientific, rational approach to Christianity in order to fight racism and other social diseases. I hope you have a great day, and we'll see you next time.